Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinderella series, a podcast highlighting the greatest underdogs in sports. I'm your host, Davis Johnson, and I know it's been more than a week since my first upload, but I try to be really thorough when writing this script. Since this is the first Real Spotlight episode, I may make some changes going forward if I feel the format needs to be improved. But for now, let's take a trip back in time to Ann Arbor, Michigan for the start of the 2007 college ball season. Enjoy, everybody. Here we go. They're going to kick the field goal. It'll be Jason Gingell out of the hole of Mesco. Good snap. It wasn't supposed to be like this, but down 34-32 to with six seconds left in the fourth quarter, all hopes for the fifth-ranked Wolverines rested on the shoulders of kicker Jason Gingell, who had a 37-yard attempt to win the game and avoid a disastrous start to a season that many thought would end in a Big Ten championship. Michigan was the favorite to win the conference after all, according to many preseason pundits. There was plenty of reason for the Michigan faithful to be excited about their team, especially on the offensive side of the ball, which Mark Schleybach claimed had the potential to be the most explosive offense in college football. Back for their senior years were running back Mike Hart, fresh off a season rushing for 1,500 yards and finishing fifth in Heisman voting, All-American and reigning Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year Jake Long, and quarterback Chad Henney, a 2006 third-team All-American and eventual second-round draft pick. Combine that with a wide receiver core led by reigning first-team All-Big Ten member Mario Manningham, the Wolverines had all the talent to exact revenge on Ohio State for spoiling their national championship bid and undefeated season the year prior. Michigan would go on to lose the Rose Bowl to USC, but the Wolverines were four points away from a Big Ten championship berth and then possibly a date with, a, with Florida in Glendale, Arizona for the BCS national championship game. While many of Michigan's offensive contributors were back in 2007, the defense was faced with the task of replacing seven starters from the 2006 unit which led the nation in run defense. Of those, four were All-Americans and were drafted in the first two rounds of the 2007 NFL Draft. Where both saw a gross talent mismatch, the Mountaineers from Boone, North Carolina saw a vulnerability. While studying game film, the Mountaineers felt that the Wolverines tended to leave the middle of the field open and that their no-huddle spread option offense could take advantage of the Wolverines' inexperienced secondary. On offense, Appalachian State quarterback Armonte Edwards leads the way at quarterback, accounting for 15 touchdowns passing and 15 touchdowns rushing in 2006. His backfield companion, running back Kevin Richardson, scored an FCS record 30 touchdowns last year. On defense, Appalachian State had to replace five of its six best tacklers, including 2006 FCS sacks leader Marques Morel. However, App State returned their entire secondary, headlined by safety Corey Lynch, one of the two eventual NFL draft selections from the, from the 2007 Mountaineer squad. Now, despite being hopelessly outmatched at every position against the Wolverines, App State football was a program that wasn't really used to losing. Coming into the season, they were the clear preseason number one team in the FCS poll, receiving 67 out of 70 first place votes, while also holding an FCS leading 14 game winning streak. App State wasn't a stranger to playing higher level FBS teams, including a 17 year series with Wake Forest. App State beat Wake Forest six times, uh, that actually surprised me. Uh, but these were the only six wins the Mountaineers had o over FBS competition. Surely, a Michigan team with 22, yes, 22 more scholarship players in Appalachian State wouldn't make it seven. The game was forecast to be so lopsided that Vegas didn't offer a betting line, but doing some research yielded that some odds makers had the Wolverines as 33-point favorites. As for the Wolverines, Appalachian State represented their first-ever matchup with an FCS-level opponent. In fact, the only reason communication between the schools even started 
was due to the friendship between Michigan head coach Lloyd Carr and Mountaineers head coach Jerry Moore, and both schools looking to fill a common gap in their schedule late in the scheduling process. However, negotiations halted when the two sides couldn't agree on the monetary compensation the Mountaineers would receive for the game. It looked like the game would never be played, but Coach Moore pleaded and begged the App State Athletic Administration to make a deal happen, citing the game as a once-in-a-lifetime deal for the program and his players. The university would settle on a payment offer of $400,000 by the Wolverines, and on September 1, 2007, the Mountaineers would make the trek north to the revered Big House in Ann Arbor in front of 109,218 fans. Welcome to a pleasant fall college football Saturday in Big Ten land. It is a gorgeous September Saturday in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We welcome you to the University of Michigan. The season opener. Appalachian State, the Mountaineers, come to the big house to take on the University of Michigan Wolverines. And for the first time, the maize and blue take the field. The game started out pretty much like you'd expect. Michigan received the ball to start, and Mike Hart proceeded to run the Wolverines all the way into the end zone. Two and a half minutes in, and the Wolverine offense looked as dominant as advertised. First and goal for the Wolverines on this uh, first possession of the season, and they're going to try to get Hart to the end zone. Then it was App State's turn, and almost immediately, Michigan's inexperienced secondary was put on notice. Third and four, they cash in on the third down, and maybe more. Off to the races, and going all the way to the end zone, the speedster Dexter Jackson. He was a Southern Conference 200-meter dash champion, and he ran away from the Michigan defense. That was Dexter Jackson, a second-round pick in the 2008 NFL Draft housing a 62-yard touchdown on a slant route after burning senior DB Shakir Edwards on his release. Don't worry, Michigan fans. I'm sure that defense will tighten up. After the teams exchanged three and outs, the Wolverines found their stride on offense again, mounting a 10-play, 52-yard drive capped off by a 10-yard TD pass by Chad Henney to Greg Matthews on a shallow crossing route. Second down, Henney to throw it. Dumps it off to Matthews. Touchdown, Michigan. But the Mountaineers persisted, putting together a time-consuming 15-play, 65-yard drive culminating in a 9-yard touchdown pass from Armonte Edwards to wide receiver Hans Badashan. And now for the top of the screen, slam, catch made, and that is a touchdown for the Mountaineers. Hans Badashan, born in Haiti, moved to Miami, the only married player on this Mountaineer team, and he celebrates with wife and daughter after that touchdown. I wouldn't worry just yet, but I'm sure some in the crowd are biting their fingernails at this point. But then, the App State defense got a three and out, confusing Michigan with their speed and aggressive blitzing. Back out came Armonte Edwards and crew. After a solid punt return by Dexter Jackson and a penalty flag on Michigan, the Mountaineers had great field position. Jackson continued to prove unstoppable versus the Michigan secondary, as the eventual second round draft pick once again burned the Wolverines on a rub route, honestly a bit of a pick play. Uh, to give the Mountaineers their first lead. Five receivers through to the bottom of your screen. And the quick slant is Jackson. He'll run away from everybody. Touchdown, Appalachian State. And they are jumping up and down and celebrating on the Appalachian 
Appalachian State sideline and in the crowd at Wooden U. In a sea of maize and blue, a small contingent of the black and gold faithful and their small band contingent could be heard throughout the big house. Appalachian State leads 21-14. Inexperienced or not, this type of performance from one of college football's best defenses the previous year was completely unexpected. In a quarter and a half, App State had hit pay dirt three times against the mighty Wolverines. Keep in mind, this defense gave up only 12.3 points per game in 2006. Also, for those keeping in track at home, the 19-year-old Armonte Edwards was 7 of 7 with three touchdowns at this point. Pretty good stuff, kid. After all, he had a streak to keep up. Since becoming the starting QB in the third game of 2006, Edwards was 13-0 in his career as the Mountaineers' quarterback. Dude's a winner. The Michigan offense is still supremely talented, however, and can score at any moment. But despite a few big plays here and there, App State wasn't relenting. On the very next possession, Michigan went for it on 4th and 5 in App State territory, but Henney took a blitzing Jordan Lynch right in the chest, and the ball sailed past the intended receiver. The App State offense retook the field and promptly ran 9 straight running plays en route to another touchdown, capped off by a 6-yard touchdown scramble by Edwards. Starter 28-14 Mountaineers. Not very ideal. Michigan would sneak in a field goal before the second quarter ended, but as the teams headed into the locker room, a chorus of boos could be heard over the broadcast. In an interview before the second half kickoff, Jerry Moore expressed confidence in his Mountaineers, but knew full well his team was going to get Michigan's best. Well, we're going to catch the, the best that the Big Ten's got. The, the way they would play against Ohio State, Notre Dame, Rose Bowl. That's the way they'll play the second half. And we got to match up with it. We just, you know, we feel like we're in good condition. It's good and hot. We like that. I like the way our team's playing. And you can't ask for anything any better than that. They're playing hard, and uh, we're enjoying the moment right now. We're just going to try to stretch that moment another 30 minutes. And uh, the Mountaineers got the ball to open the third quarter. And uh, Armonte Edwards promptly threw the ball right to Michigan defensive back Morgan Trent on the second play of the drive. Intercepted. First mistake of the day made by Edwards. After a near-perfect first half from Edwards, this play could turn the tide of the game. Wolverines kicker Jason Gingell would then cut App State's lead to one score by drilling a 42-yard field goal. 28-20 Mountaineers now. Gingell is 2-for-2 two 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 on the day, and the Wolverines are sure lucky to have a near-automatic field goal kicker. That's a big advantage in close games like this one. Armonte Edwards would prove his mettle on the next drive, completing passes all the way down the field while under intense pressure from the Wolverine defense. He had his fourth touchdown pass of the day, slipped through the hands of wide-open freshman wide receiver Brian Quick, and App State had to settle for matching the Wolverines with a field goal of their own, 31-20. On the very next possession, Michigan did what you cannot do, and gave the ball right back to the hot Mountaineers offense thanks to a fumble by reserve running back Brandon Miner. 
On the Michigan sideline. Second down and four. And again, it's minor and the ball is loose. And it looks like Appalachian State is recovered, and that is because they have. But Michigan held firm, and Appalachian State kicker Julian Rauch claimed a 46-yard field goal attempt off the left upright. Crisis averted. After another Michigan drive sputters, Appalachian State gives the Wolverines a gift of their own as Edwards is stripped while trying to scramble. Edwards in trouble. And the ball is loose. And the Wolverines have recovered. It looked like Crable stripped it and John Thompson pounced on it. A huge play for Michigan. And the Wolverines take over deep in Appalachian State territory. The Wolverines promptly march into the end zone in six plays, capped off by a bruising four-yard run by Mike Hart. First and goal. Hart again. And into the end zone is Mike Hart. The great desire, the great leadership of Mike Hart. He just ran right through Anthony Williams and Jock Roman and leaps into the end zone. After a failed two-point conversion attempt, Appalachian State had the ball and the lead 31-26 as the game headed into the fourth quarter. The team from Boone, North Carolina held their collective four fingers in the air, showing no fear in the face of this daunting opponent. 15 more minutes. App State would actually go on and punt the ball a few plays later, and Michigan was driving once again, this time with its eyes set on the lead. But then the veteran quarterback Chad Henney made a rookie mistake. First and 15, they play fake to Hart, rolling right Henney being chased by Banks. Throws across his body and intercepted. Leonard Love shoved out of bounds. What a huge play by Leonard Love in the Mountaineer defense. Henney threw across his body while on the run and right into the anticipatory arms of Appalachian State DB Leonard Love. The Wolverine defense held strong yet again. In fact, after allowing 28 points in the first half alone, the defense had only given up three points in the second half, forcing two turnovers in the process. And so the revered Wolverine offense got another chance and drove down to the Appalachian State 33-yard line. Once again, Chad Henney could not make the play when it was needed most. For him, that was quite good. Hart the long setback. Third down, or fourth down, and we'll call it five. Remember, Mike Hart's a good receiver if they can get him out in the pattern. He may have to stand and block. They're going to throw, and they step up, and incomplete. So Appalachian State takes over on downs. Looking for an interference call is Massey along with Hart. That's right, another fourth and five, another turnover on downs for Michigan. But App State had to punt the ball yet again. And Mike Hart did this. Chad Henney, all returning. Sean Craver for a senior year in Michigan. And a chance to beat Ohio State. Something this senior class has never done. A chance to win a Big Ten. And now Hart, the senior. Still on his feet. Cuts it back the other way. Hart to the 10. To the 5. Touchdown! 54 yards weaving through the entire App State defense in the process. Hart missed two quarters of the game due to a thigh injury, yet still rushed for 188 yards and three touchdowns. He's pretty good. And by the way, Michigan retook the lead with that run. 
and the Wolverine faithful created a raucous environment inside the big house after being silent for a large portion of the game. The two-point attempt failed, but Michigan now held a 32-31 lead with 4 minutes and 36 seconds left to go in the game. And on the next offensive snap for the Mountaineers, Edwards, who had been so good in the first half, picks a bad time to airmail a throw. He looks to his left, then comes back to the middle and overshoots his receiver. Brandon Engelman. And into the arms of Michigan safety, Brandon Engelman. This is where Michigan now aims to put the game away. But after five plays, in trotted Jason Gingell to attempt a 43-yard field goal. He's been good all game. Uh, well, to be fair, that probably was not his fault. I'm sure he'll redeem himself if he gets a chance. With one minute and 37 seconds left, the Mountaineers had no timeouts and needed to get into field goal range for their all-time leading scorer, kicker Julian Rauch. Miss it, you're still in the same spot. 135 to go, Edwards can really run, and he's off to the races, a big pickup, and he's out to the 45. Second down, they're coming after Edwards, and he gets it away, caught by Corman, dances away from one tackler, down the sideline to the 40-yard line. To make a big play on defense, can Sean Crable do it again? Edwards, rolling left, throws across the middle, caught by Hillary, all the way to the five-yard line. Uh, that should do. With 30 seconds left and first and goal on the Michigan five-yard line, head coach Jerry Moore elects to send Julian Rauch out to attempt the 24-yard field goal, not wanting to gamble his chance at history away with no timeouts. Wilson, the long snapper, Hunter Stewart, the holder, Julian Rauch. The all-time leading scorer among kickers in Appalachian State history. This is for one of the greatest upsets in the history of college football. And it is good. A two-point lead for Appalachian State. There is still time, of course, for Michigan. All right, App State. You're very, very close to pulling this off. 26 seconds translates to only a few plays for the Wolverines to get into field goal range. Guys in the middle of the field, 47 Corey Lynch, 22, Leonard Love. A lot of pressure on them. They can't let anyone behind them. Penny steps up, puts it in the air down the sideline, looking for Manningham. A flag is down. He caught the ball at the 20-yard line. Uh, oops, uh, that was Mario Manningham reeling in a 46-yard bomb from Chad Henney and setting up a 37-yard attempt for Jason Gingell. All he had to do was put this ball through the uprights, and Michigan gets the W after all of this struggle. And with that, you're all caught up. And if you know the theme of this podcast, and you know this game from history, I'm sure you know what happens next. I mean, the, you know, we've taken on all these big guys, and that's just tough for them. Here we go. They're going to kick the field goal. It'll be Jason Gingell. Out of the hold of Mesco. Good snap. Good hold. And the kick is blocked. Appalachian State has stunned the college football world. One of the greatest upsets in sports history. Blocked by Corey Lynch. 
there you have it. Appalachian State wins 34-32 in front of a sellout crowd in the big house and was proclaimed as one of the greatest upsets, if not the greatest upset, in college football history. Now, where did these teams go from here? Well, Appalachian State would eventually go on to win its third consecutive FCS championship, the first three-peat in D1 football since Army accomplished that feat from 1944 to 1946. However, the Mountaineers' winning streak did end with a Week 5 loss to Wofford before losing yet again in Week 7 against Georgia Southern. Despite these two losses, uh, the Mountaineers snuck into the FCS playoffs and worked its magic. For Michigan, hopes of a national championship season were all but dashed as they dropped out of the AP Top 25 entirely, the first time a top 10 team ever fell out of the top 25 in CFB history in one week. They would then get thrashed by Oregon 39-7 in the following week before rattling off eight straight wins and climbing back to number 13 in the AP poll. They lost their final two games, including to Ohio State again, before sending retiring coach Lloyd Carr out on a high note against Florida and Heisman Trophy winner Tim Tebow in the Capital One Bowl. This game had great ramifications for AP poll voting. Before the game, only FBS teams were allowed to receive votes. After media members expressed their desire to vote for Appalachian State, the rule was amended and the Mountaineers received 19 votes in the Week 3 edition of the poll. While many build a game the greatest upset in college football history, was it really? App State finished the year tied for 34th in AP poll, while Michigan was in actuality nowhere near a top 5 team finishing with a disappointing 8-4 record in 18th in the AP poll. How much of that is because of this game? I don't know. Perhaps App State's label as an FCS team helps this narrative, but in reality, the best FCS teams are better than most of the bottom FBS teams in any given year. However, App State should still never be able to hang with a team like Michigan. What makes it so amazing is that the game wasn't really a fluke. App State and Michigan had similar yards gained, and the turnover battle was near even. App State won fair and square, becoming the first FCS team to beat a ranked FBS team, let alone a top 10 team in one of the most storied programs of all time and one of the most legendary stadiums of all time. Appalachian State has since made the transition to the FBS level, becoming one of the more consistently performing group of five teams in a perennial powerhouse in the Sunbelt Conference. After their win versus Michigan, App State did not beat another Power 5 team until this past year, beating both North Carolina and South Carolina on the road en route to an 11-1 regular season. Michigan has been a good program over the last 13 years, but not necessarily elite. And currently, they're in the knee-deep in the Jim Harbaugh era, for better or for worse. And they are still trying to beat Ohio State. To all of the overachievers and underdogs, this has been the Cinderella Series. Thanks for listening.